What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm joined by the full cast. It's your boy, Joey. It's your boy, Bo, and it's your boy, Brady. And we're all Hi. here. Brady didn't miss the kickoff. So, how you guys doing this week? Um, I'm dead inside. We were just talking about it ad nauseum, but Ohio State lost to Michigan yesterday. And we're all just around us. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a rough... Uh, been a rough week for for us unfortunately but we're uh we're, we're here we're getting through it we read some comics you know how about how about you Bo? how you feeling this week uh the week in general i'm good i'm like grossly tired this morning i'm looking at you guys at my screen with squinty little eyes <laughs> um i didn't replenish my coffee again so i am <laughs> uncaffeinated this morning the sweet no, nectar of water We'll be fine. We got this. We got this. I have enough <laughs> energy, but I might go to bed directly after. <laughs> Fair enough. But well, I think get... we should share with the listeners where we went on Friday. Yeah, you guys want to know where my last coffee pod went? <laughs> it went. Was, it went. To, was that uh, your last one? <laughs> it was. <laughs> oh man, um, we should have stopped at the grocery store while we were out. You know what? I could have. Could have, should have, would have. Uh, did not make those decisions, though. But, yeah, um, Joey and I went Black Friday shopping. And uh, we hit up my local coffee. Coffee. Oh, I miss it so much. <laughs> we hit up my local comic shop. Um, and uh, they had some pretty awesome deals. I went, like, looking for figures. We found some cool issues there. I brought my son and grabbed some some books and little toys and stuff. Um, but yeah, solid deal. So I've, I've gone back twice since <laughs> I will um, be going back today as well. Like you just, you can't pass up 75% off of anything. It just looks so good at the cash register. Oh, um, I know. But we needed a little, a little, uh, little motivation to go in there and spend our money frivolous, frivol- frivolously. My mouth doesn't even work guys. I can't do this. Um, <laughs> But we uh we threw some coffee in a cup and we mixed it with some with some grown up drinks. Jerry, what'd you bring over? Oh, we threw some Irish whiskey in there and some uh some Baileys. So uh did not you drink a real... it out of a shoe. We did not do <laughs> oh, shoes. Oh Greg. <laughs> Chewies uh, no. are one of the most disgusting traditions that I have ever seen. <laughs> I uh yeah I could not taste the coffee after that I'm gonna be honest with you it was a it was a strong pour in a little cup and all I was working with was ten ounces off of a my last Keurig and I've been uncaffeinated ever since I thought about like swinging through like Tim's this morning or something just to go get something but it it's early <laughs> and it's just it's dark and early which is way worse than bright and early. It has been a minute since we've live on the podcast heard you order a coffee. Those were different times. We were uh, we were doing an early uh, a later streaming, weren't we? Or were we still doing seven? What There's no this? way we were doing seven. seven. I was not at ten at seven. You were, but it was summertime when it was actually light out. It was it was seven. light and early. See, that's different. It's game changing. <laughs> yes. Well, at the comic book store, I picked up. A couple giant statues of one of the Vulture and one of Agent Venom that were like sixty dollars originally, marked down to twelve fifty. Nice, that's, nice, that's nice. insane. Those PVC statues—they're so cool. And I've done like several Google searches of that like gallery diorama brand that you buy, and 
That's a that's a cool line. Like they've got some cool ones for sure. Dude, what are you no. planning on going back and getting there, Joe? Oh, I gotta get a Spider-Man. I need a Spidey. Um, specifically the negative suit Spidey, because it looks awesome. And I'm I think I disagreed with Brady on which one I'm gonna get. You're going with the Gamerverse one? I think so. I mean, both of them look cool, for sure. Or I'm just like a, I'm a consistency guy where I have to have like that same, that same look throughout, like the comic accurate. But I mean, it's Spider-Man. You throw him in a suit, he looks cool with whoever he's with. I just hope, I think it's going to scale exactly the same based off of what I saw in the boxes. And I do agree. I think, but you can't go wrong with either of them. Just mine, my favorite one was uh, that one. But it doesn't mean that it's not going to look good about your other ones, which I do agree with. Both of those will look really good. I think it was the colors of the base that threw me off. There was like that red and yellow lava looking stuff. I am not familiar with the negative zone at all. So I don't know if that was supposed to be how it looks. What does the negative zone look like? I thought it was blue. I was negative. blue. It's like that uh, gray and white like negative color like when you're doing oh okay i know what you're talking about i love how <laughs> you said what's the negative zone look like and brady said negative <laughs> it's basic. it wasn't wrong basically there's a anywho lot we did do some reading this week gentle lads um i guess we can we, we should jump in and talk about the fun reading we did and how excited we are and all the love and hatred of this reading you got all some right. hatred for it I don't know. I'm just setting it up for uh, for whatever we might talk just, about. Just open interpretation. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, I, once again, will be using Wikipedia for our little plot summary here. Shout out, Wikipedia. If you would like to read along with us, pause the podcast now and go read Axis. That is A-X-I-S. As in the powers in World War II. Um, Axis issues, what were we looking at? One through nine? Is that how many we had this week? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct. All right. And we'll probably do this in three chunks. So, Brady, you are the host. You got to keep an eye on the clock for us. Uh, make sure we're staring at it. We're starting parts two and three appropriately at some point. All right. But act one the red supremacy. Wikipedia conveniently has this broken down into three acts. Well, yeah, there was the three books, so I feel like that's probably how they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Go All right, so basically, book one, The Red Supremacy. While a team of Avengers battle Plant Man in Los Angeles, Red Onslaught broadcasts a telepathic wave of hatred across the world, creating countless riots and driving the Avengers to battle each other. Red Onslaught is, of course, a giant version of the Red Skull that has taken over Professor X's abilities somehow um comic book stuff all right iron man manages to deploy a telepathic disruptor and rescues the team and the avengers attempt to locate the source of the broadcast meanwhile in genosha magneto rogue and the scarlet witch fight red onslaught who is still trying to control wanda to rewrite reality magneto frees havoc cyclops quentin choir and evan sabanier sabanier i can't pronounce evan's last name there who fight amongst themselves and against Red Skull's hunter Ahab. A team of Avengers and X-Men, Captain America, Hawkeye, Iron Man, Thor, Vision, Colossus, Nightcrawler, and Storm finally arrive shortly to rally the heroes and fight Red Onslaught. Iron Man uses a telepathic dampener to stop the Red Skull's influence, and more heroes arrive to help. 
we get Angel, Beast, Cannonball, Doctor Strange, Hulk, Hyperion, Iceman, Invisible Woman, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Medusa, Nova, Shadowcat, and Sunspot. Um, Red Onslaught reveals that he influenced Stark to create a model of Sentinels based on the knowledge of different superheroes he acquired after the Civil War before erasing the latter's memories of constructing them. Red Onslaught then deploys these Stark Sentinels to fight the heroes. Um, with the appearance of the Stark Sentinels, the tide of the battle quickly turns to Red Onslaught's favor. Using their opponent's own strengths against them, the Sentinels bathe the heroes in Pym particles to shrink them and hold their prisoners. Rogue comes up with a plan to defeat the Skull, proposing that Doctor Strange and the Scarlet Witch cast a spell to invert the axis of Red Skull's brain and bring out the fragment of Professor X to defeat Onslaught. The plan fails due to Nova's untimely interference, and Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange are targeted and captured by the Sentinels. Magneto flees the battle, and the remaining heroes hide in Genosha with the help of Quentin Quire. After regaining consciousness, Iron Man organizes a last attempt to defeat the Sentinels, but fails and remains the last one standing. Red Onslaught gloats, telling Stark that he had seen into his mind and that he was a sociopath fueled by competition. But this boast is interrupted by the return of Magneto, accompanied by a group of villains. We get Absorbing Man, Carnage, Deadpool, Doctor Doom, Enchantress, Hobgoblin, Jack-O-Lantern, Loki, Mystique, and Sabretooth. Due to Stark's emphasis on documenting existing heroes, the Sentinels are not able to properly counter the unfamiliar villainous power sets. Um, The villains manage to defeat one of the Sentinels and free some of the trapped heroes. Scarlet Witch attempts to cast the Inversion spell again with the help of Doctor Doom, and this time they are successful in knocking Red Onslaught unconscious and reverting him to the Red Skull. The other Stark Sentinels are defeated shortly thereafter, freeing the remaining heroes before Red Skull could wake and reveal whose mind was in control as the X-Men wanted. Steve Rogers and the Avengers decide to be cautious and take him back to Stark Tower. This caused Havoc to resign from the Unity Division, telling Steve Rogers that Cyclops was right about him. Havoc then sides with the now-unified X-Men and reconciles with his brother. And that is the end of Act 1. Ta-da. This is another one of those things. <laughs> yeah, the, the hopping into this just reminds me that like every time we do a reading, it is a year separated of comics from the previous reading. And it's just so much of like trying to gather all the pieces and, and pick pick it up and uh how did Red Skull become Onslaught uh merge with Professor X? That's interesting. Why Steve so old? I hate old Steve. Um, it's yeah, but it, it the amount of people in this is was very enjoyable. Um, I, I enjoyed the action. It was cool. I wasn't sure where it was going. It definitely took a turning point for me when well, first of all, <laughs> Magneto just like zipped left left uh, Iron Man just kind of under that that rubble just crushing. I was like, okay, interesting choice. Um, obviously my boy Kurt comes in and saves him. That was cool. Love me some Nightcrawler. But when Magneto comes back and has that band of villains with him, I did not see that coming whatsoever. Um, I had no idea basically from that point forward, um, how this story was going to play out. Uh, and I was definitely not expecting it from like, just looking at the title. I thought it was going to be much more generic of, okay, we finally have the Avengers and, the X-Men and the Inhumans teamed up and we're going to fight some big, big bad guys like Red Red Skull. But uh, it turned into quite a different story from, from this point moving forward. But yeah, that, the villain showing up was definitely a highlight for me. Especially the grouping that they chose. Uh, some deep cuts and some famous ones, but I thought it was interesting and pretty cool. 
I also really liked it. I think um, for me, uh, I think I think I've said this on the podcast, and you guys know this, but my favorite superhero is Deadpool. No way. My favorite, my favorite bad guy, my favorite bad guy story arc is Red Skull. So I was really enjoying the Red Skull arc. I did get that that same sense though. I was like, man, I really wish I knew how this all came to be because they just kind of throw it at you and go, "Ooh, Red Skull's a big bad guy. He's doing all this stuff," and you're like, "Oh, okay, heroes are coming to save the day, right?" You know, it was like that type of uh, engagement early on, but it, uh, I think it came together well. It really is. It was really cool to see um, Red Red onslaught. Um, and it, and see it kind of play out. So it, and and how powerful Red Onslaught is is like you you can definitely tell. Yeah, that's one one of what they call those OP supervillains. Uh, just you know, has the mental capacities of Professor Xavier while also being huge and evil and German. <laughs> yes, and so what I have found is. Because these stories take place so far apart, Bo, I have started to go to the Wikipedia page for these different stories and just scroll right on down to the plot section. And there is usually a, you know, March to insert event name here section where it's like this is the lead up to the event. And it does tell you kind of, um, you know, some of the backstory of why is Steve Rogers so old? Why does Red Onslaught exist? Um, so that is kind of helpful just to get a quick summary of like some of the events leading up to these big crossovers. So do you know the answer to a couple of those questions after reading that, that March too? You know, one would, uh, one would imagine that I did. However, I, I read it. I immediately put that knowledge outside of my brain somewhere. <laughs> so it's still a mystery to us all. But he looked pretty cool doing it. Um, yes, and I did screenshot several things from these comics while I was reading, and I was just scrolling through my pictures to see what uh, you know I had taken screenshots of, and I don't remember why I screenshotted some of these things, but I did appreciate there was a time where uh, I think Cap is is talking to Tony. He's like, "Focus, focus," and and, and Iron Man says, "Yeah, you're you're with me. You're you're the Sam to my Frodo." And I, I liked the <laughs> what I the think Lord is the Rings. first ever Lord of the Rings reference I've read in a Marvel comic. Yeah, I, was, I, did, I, I did appreciate that line. That was the one I did. The one time I was like, "Oh, Joey's gonna appreciate that." As, as I kept reading, so it was good. Ooh. Lot a lot of um, pop culture references and stuff too, specifically due to the involvement of Deadpool in this. Um, and uh, we'll get further into this, but uh, even more so than than Deadpool, Deadpool had some uh fight for who was the quippiest during this. Um, obviously Spider Man made some some pretty awesome one liners, but uh, I I feel like you guys would agree with me. The person who probably had some of the funniest lines during this, I was not expecting whatsoever. I have never read this particular character in that way. Uh, agreed. And I, I know we're going to get to him later in a little bit when we get further into the thing, but uh, agreed. Yeah, I think Deadpool was definitely one of the uh, the better characters in this in this run. Um, and, and so far, we haven't gotten a ton of them. We'll talk, like Brady said, about him in the next section. But he did come on, come around to help Tony a little bit. And he's like, hey, what do you think? Avengers material? And Tony was like, yeah, it is 
as long as I live, you will never be an Avenger. Mm -hmm. And then the next slide or the next the next thing, he's screaming out that he's an Avenger in true Deadpool fashion. So I loved it. I loved it so much. I think one of the coolest things that I was happy that I had behind reading of was um, the X-Force run with Deadpool, where they basically go back in time to murder Apocalypse when he's a baby to stop Apocalypse rule from ever happening and ending the Age of Apocalypse. Um, and then obviously they go back there and there's this whole turmoil and the, the morality issues of we're going back in time to kill the baby. Um, it feels like whenever anybody goes back in time to kill a baby, it's Deadpool. <laughs> uh, but he was there um, and they end up saving this baby who is Evan. This, Genesis, if you will. Um, so that is basically like the the renewed the 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 second chance of apocalypse being raised in di different circumstances. So um, seeing that character now being kind of like teenager esque, I'm guessing his age was maybe maybe an older child um, was cool, and obviously the interaction with him and Deadpool was cool too. <laughs> that was one of those pieces of background information that I was missing. Was who the heck is Genesis? Why are we calling him Genesis? I thought he was Apocalypse. Is he different than the other normal Apocalypse? Uh, <laughs> I was very confused. Those classic mutants traveling through time, man. Yeah, uh, could be Apocalypse. Has potential to be Apocalypse, but at the time was was taken from that time slot at a young age before he was groomed to be Apocalypse. Is that what um, that story, what Deadpool 2 is based off of? I, I think there's a loose adaptation of it. But, I mean, obviously, yeah, they try to pull an X-Force and things like that, but it, it's quite different than the actual comic. The comic runs fantastic. It's one of the coolest ones that I've read. I've not read a lot of X-Men, but um, I really did enjoy that. I mean, it's, it's headed up by... You've got Deadpool and Wolverine on the same team, which is awesome. You've got Psylocke. You've got Phantom X, who's a mutant that I didn't know very much about, but is very, very cool. Uh, you get Age of Apocalypse, Nightcrawler on the team. You get uh, Deathlock on the team. And everybody's wearing matching black and red, and it's very cool. Definitely a cool storyline. One, one of the better ones I've read, but... Yeah, again, it was just nice to have that background information for this because I, I, I have envy of the people that read these crossover events like when they were happening and basically like know everything leading up to that. I feel like there's probably still much that I'm just glazing over that is background or tidbit information like that that would make the story more full. Speaking of making the story more full, should we move on to the next uh, act two? Let's do it. All do it. right. So days later, um, S.H.I.E.L.D. gathers with Captain America to discuss the fate of Red Skull now that the Stark Sentinels have been dismantled and the concentration camps have been torn down. Nick Fury tries to convince him to hand Red Skull over, but under the growing influence of the inversion spell, Sam, who is Captain America, we're dealing with Sam Wilson Cap here, uh, Sam becomes violent and punches Fury, saying that Fury mistakes him for Steve and that he's not that Captain America. Meanwhile, in Brooklyn, a family held hostage by the squid is saved by the now heroic Carnage. Spider-Man arrives on the scene thinking that he has to fight Carnage to save the family, but to his surprise, he finds the squid defeated and the family unharmed. Carnage is also left a small piece of paper with a drawing of his face and the phrase, From your friendly neighborhood Carnage, a play on Spider-Man's own catchphrase. Peter Parker finds this both disturbing and verging on copyright violation. <laughs> 
In San Francisco, Iron Man arrives at the San Francisco Giants Stadium, where he's presented his new digital version of the extremists, um, free for every citizen of the city to achieve perfection. Among the crowd is Matt Murdock, who notices that Tony has started drinking again. At the Jean Grey School, the X-Men reveal their new agenda of no longer desiring coexistence between humans and mutants, but instead desiring to stand above them with the help of Evan Sabanier, who has become Apocalypse due to the inversion. Back at the Avengers Tower, Captain America assembles a team regarding the current situation with the X-Men. In response, the Avengers decide to kill Red Skull, even if that might destroy any chance of recovering Professor X's soul. Both Hulk and Edwin Jarvis try to stop them, but they're overwhelmed and left behind. This triggers a new persona to surface in the Hulk called Clue, that's Hulk spelled backwards, by the way, um, who proceeds to attack the Avengers and flee the tower, planning to cause destruction. After deciding that Clue is not their problem, as long as he stays out of their way, the Avengers arrive at Red Skull's cell, only to find it empty. Captain America calls a meeting in the Avengers Tower for all the available heroes who were, who were or had ever been Avengers. After informing the guests about the Red Skull's disappearance, Captain America reveals that only somebody with Avengers clearance would be able to free him, meaning that everyone in the room is a suspect. Spider-Man senses something is wrong, so he quickly escapes through the window along with Nova right before Captain America releases Pym particles to imprison the gathered heroes. Spider-Man instructs Nova to fly them to safety, safety, but they are attacked by Medusa and Captain America and saved with the help of Magneto. Magneto takes Spider-Man and Nova to the Avengers Mansion, where Steve Rogers informs them about the effects of the inversion, including Clue's rampage across Arizona. Nova leaves to stop him while the others plan. At Avengers Tower, Captain America muses over the future of the world to Wasp, who he has hooked up to a machine to extract her pen particles. He concludes that the world needs a tyrant and that he is the best candidate. The X-Men and Apocalypse arrive and attack Avengers Tower, looking for the Red Skull. When they find out he is gone, the X-Men brutally beat Captain America and proclaim their intent to conquer New York, issuing an ultimatum that all humans be evacuated from Manhattan within three hours or perish. After broadcasting their warning for humans, the X-Men, who had created a gene bomb designed to kill those without the X-Gene in their body, are confronted by Mystique, who attempts to make them see the error of their ways. Rogue and Nightcrawler stop her and force her to leave with Sabretooth. Meanwhile, in San Francisco, Daredevil confronts Tony Stark about having unleashed extremists and the problems this will cause to society. Despite not wearing his normal suit, Tony surprises Matt with increased agility and strength, throwing him from his headquarters. In Latveria, Doctor Doom is attacked by Scarlet Witch, seeking revenge for Doom's tampering with her mind during the Decimation storyline. Doom is saved by Quicksilver and Magneto, the latter stating that Scarlet Witch would never recover from killing Doom. In Las Vegas, Loki tried to unsuccessfully make his brother Thor listen to reason, but he has to be saved by Steve Rogers, Nomad, and Spider-Man in the Quinjet. After returning with Loki to the Avengers Mansion, Steve revealed that he has assembled the solution to deal with the Inverted Avengers and X-Men, utilizing the team of inverted supervillains that Magneto previously recruited to fight Red Onslaught. And that is the end of Act 2. Man, it is a challenge sometimes to read these plot summaries without making mistakes. <laughs> well, let me say that I can definitely speak to this one because this, uh, the, the listeners don't know, but th- reading this is when I sent that text message of guys, this is freaking awesome. The inverted, uh, bad guys, the bad guys becoming, or the good guys becoming bad guys, but in a kind of weird way, I didn't want to talk about that. And all just trying to, like, you know, stop the end of the world, possibly. that This, like, story arc is so freaking cool. 
That's what, that's what I want to say. It's, it's, what, were, what were your guys' thoughts? Did you, do you agree that it's cool, or did you think I'm like high off of my, my mind? I was definitely thrown for a loop of, I, I had no idea what was going on, and I felt that maybe I'd missed something. I pretty, pretty clearly, like, I don't love this version of Captain America. Sam Wilson's not my cap, <laughs> necessarily. So when to he was acting fair, like this... He was not his cap in this story, either. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's what I didn't know. Because I have not done a lot of reading of that. And I was like, what? Dude, this guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then eventually started to pick up that, okay, maybe he sucks a little more than normal. Um, and I, th- the same thing on the villain side, too. I totally thought that Carnage was going to eat that family. <laughs> 100% thought that he was going to eat all of them after saving them. Um, and so I was just like Spider-Man in that scene. Um, pleasantly surprised, question mark? Yeah, dude, but funny. Funny, funny, funny. Every scene that he's in. That, that man was quipping. Loved me some <laughs> Carnage in this. Carnage was hilarious. Deadpool also hilarious. And, and yeah, I got it. Captain America was was tough to read in this story. <laughs> you're Which you're one? not wrong. Sam Wilson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. not old Steve. That, uh, see, I didn't even I, I don't like Sam Wilson in the MCU. I just think his character's kind of boring. Then you get into this and you're like, I don't like him not because he's boring. I don't like him. It's just something about it. It's just not a not a well, fan. Here's the thing. I don't I don't hate Sam Wilson. I love Falcon. I think Falcon's cool. I think Falcon and every dynamic prior to him taking over the mantle was awesome with Cap. I like reading them together. I don't like Sam Wilson as Captain America strictly because I don't I don't love replacements like that. I feel like there's so many new names and powers and skills that they like I don't like the idea of somebody taking over a mantle of an existing character. That doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense to me. Like you don't need to be Captain America to be Captain America-esque. You could have continued to be the Falcon and taken a role of leadership, and I probably would have respected that more. But I don't like when they do stuff like that. I'm with you on that as well. And I think, like, there's something about this version of a Falcon. I mean, obviously he's bad, right? But, like, but he's, like, bad because, like, why? <laughs> I think that's the problem. And I'm like, I'm like, why are you, like, like this? And, and... You can see, like, and like I said, this is why I felt like they were bad, but, like, with a difference. Because, like, the X-Men felt wronged. That's, Charles, that could be Charles Xavier. That's our savior. We gotta, we gotta save him if we can. Like, now they did it the wrong way, because obviously they were inverted and, and, and you know, not doing, not doing good. And, and planned to, like, kill everybody. But, like, they had a purpose. The Avengers' purpose was, like, like, the, the bad Avengers' purpose was, like, I don't know. He just seems bad, so I want to like you know, I want to kill him. It's like, yeah. what? what? I feel so weird. I feel so. I weird. feel like the X Men have been in so many storylines in the past where the motive essentially was to rid all of humanity just so that the mutant race could like thrive. So like this wasn't too far off from the normal X Men, depending on what unit of the X Men you're looking at. So like I was kind of like, okay, so this is like a really fueled. Like we just read like the Phoenix Five. So we know that the muties with, with power or or problems or a motive can do some some pretty questionable things. It was the Avengers in this that were I was just like, okay, this is weird. These are just these are just bad guys. These are just villains. 
Like Falcon was basically just gonna, but like at the same time, he's like, this is the best way to do it humanely, and then just shrunk everybody instead of blasting them. Mm-hmm. I am also curious. This has nothing to do with the reading, um, but I'm just remembering. Did you guys read it as Clue or Claw? Because I said Claw every single time that I read it. And I was like, I oh, Clue said, sounds so cooler. I also said Claw, and I think I was confused for a second that it was an M instead of an H from like how how it's written in the comics. So it's like, who's Clune? Oh, so Clune. You you added the ooh back in there, Joey. How did you read it? I'm, I'm well, assuming you read it as Clue. I was saying Clue, as I said in my recap. However, I. I was questioning myself whether that was correct. Um, but that was pretty badass. I, I liked seeing the Hulk's Hulk. Mm-hmm. Which the Hulk just got angry and turned into an even hulkier Hulk, and I love that. I liked that the Hulk also talked stupid in this. It wasn't smart Hulk. When when Hulk oh, talked, yeah. he, he added eyes and me's and places that it didn't belong and that's how i like to read my hulk just look just a big dumb brooding hulk mm-hmm. but did you notice that when he became uh clue cold claw clue claw that he uh got his smartness back oh yeah so you wonder is Bruce Banner really the deeper evil or are they even connected at this point is this just hulk without bruce is that why he was dumb I honestly have no idea. Because didn't we read something <laughs> where they separated, and I don't know if they ever went back in. You did separate at the end of which story was that? Is that was World that... War Hulk? No, I think it was in the Phoenix Five. I oh. think it might have been Avengers versus X Men. I can't remember. We do a lot of comic reading, guys, but clearly still <laughs> not enough. <laughs> and and like you said, going back to talking about the X Men, this is kind of par for the course for the X Men, which. Is exactly why I kind of am just sick of the X-Men. We've read very little X-Men, and I'm already sick of it. I don't know what it is about the mutants that pisses me off so much, but like, I, and maybe it's because I am just a homo sapien, and so I, I'm not one of them. I can't understand what they go through, but I just don't get this whole, like, we have a world full of super-powered individuals, and yet we still treat mutants differently. And I don't get why that is. Why on our side do we have to have like anti-mutant stuff when they're just so we have no problem with the Captain Americas of the world that are super powered people. But if they're born with it, God forbid that happens. And then on the other side, the X-Men are always just like mutants need to band together, which I get. Uh, when you're being oppressed, you got to band together. But at the same time, it's like you guys are also just kind of people. Like you're, you're just you don't have to always like have some mutant agenda where you're like, well, they're a mutant, so we have to you know welcome them, even though they're a mass murderer. Uh, That's not a very I, inclusive way of thinking, there, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> your classic, your classic privileged Homo sapien brain that's causing that 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 thought process. But you know, I, yeah, for that to be written that way, I, I completely agree on several levels. It just doesn't make any sense from a plot standpoint. Um, you, you wouldn't think that that would exist. Maybe like during the original X-Men, because that was the 60s. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for most of the storylines, it just seems like they're clinging on to something that shouldn't be a thing. For your exact points of there are many other like, I don't think they're hated for their superpowers. I don't know why they're hated. 
to be honest, because they were born into a world where super-powered people already existed and were praised. Um, but is I, is it an appearance thing for some of them? Is that why the X-Men aren't as hated? Because most of them are, like, normal in appearance? Or did the bad mutants ruin it for everybody? Like, with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, and so there's a bad taste out there, and the X-Men are trying to fight that. I don't know. Again, yeah, we don't read a lot know. of X-Men, but I feel but, like it's for that exact reason, because every story is just questioning that, but also jumping through several loops of time. So then why is why are, like, superheroes not equally hated due to supervillains ruining it for everyone? Like, it's the same thing. Um, I feel like one of the biggest books that kind of touched on this that maybe we could read as, as a group um, were, was one of those graphic novels that I was reading. And it like it, it it honestly at the very beginning of it had a trigger warning saying that like um, many of the views in, in this comic were written at a different time that are not like appropriate now but it's good to recognize them in the history that they were written and uh it was it was an interesting read for sure i feel like they would it would definitely strike a good conversation between us but yeah i mean the x-men here there's always there's always an evil to a lot of the x-men and there's a hatred and there's a vengeance um specifically with like scott summers like cyclops always does stuff like that and his brother havoc is not far from that same tree um magneto i never know what side magneto's on <laughs> um, i don't think I, he knows what side he's on he's this side is just more than a loki he's on magneto's side that is true and yeah, that graphic Ooh. novel the the god loves man kills um by it was from the christopher claremont um so like the og x-men days right after giant size x-men um this is back in like the early 80s um good read good read so i might throw that on the list eventually just so that we can kind of have a have a deeper conversation about that but then again maybe it might be hard to sell you guys on reading some more x-men because it sounds like (laughs) you don't love them (laughs) i was going to disagree and say i actually really do like the x-men i like the the mutant kind and I, i like the plot of like you know X-Men versus the world, you know? He's like, my best friend's my best friend's mutants. My best friend's a mutant. I love mutants. <laughs> no, but, like, <laughs> like I, I actually do enjoy, like, you know, hey, we're fighting for good, but we're also fighting for, like, acceptance and that type of uh, uh, way of, of running that story. And I, I think that it's a constant battle. It might be overdone a lot. And maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. But I really do. I, I enjoy that and like i said it made it easier and especially in this reading where it was like oh yeah mutants are you know getting getting mutant again and no one's liking them and they're trying to get wiped out and they're fighting for their lives got it what's wrong with the avengers though what's going on there why why are they wanting to kill people you know and there's because there's no uh no reason makes i don't like the avengers in this one because that's my thing. I, I never hated the narrative of fighting for equality. That made sense to me. I think my problem with the writing of it is why have they made zero progress in that as far as the Marvel Universe? And is it because, I don't know, does it, do all X-Men lose their motive to be superheroes and, and fight evil if they just become widespread accepted? Or, I, I don't know. Because I mean, their story can't 
do the Marvel circular storytelling that they like to do of the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> mutants are hated. Mutants band together. Mutants form their own little island. Mutants have a fallout and, and this doesn't work and then rinse and repeat. I think the fear of mutants is very much because um, in Marvel, mutants can be anybody. And it's not necessarily an appearance thing that's shown. Anybody can have this hidden X gene. And it's a fear of the unknown. And the human population in Marvel is very stupid, is very easily swayed, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. just kind of goes with whatever would make the best plot point at that time. So I think it's the fact that like most of the other superheroes are like these known caped masked crusaders out there fighting for good, yada, yada, yada. X-Men are very much among the public and growing. And I feel like it's that fear of that that scares them because they feel like they're losing control of the situation. Um, that's according to a quick Google search that I just did. So. <laughs> Thanks, Google. Thanks, Google. Guys, I'm eager to hop into the, this third and, and final section. Does anybody else have any other pointers that are uh, prevalent to this middle portion? I'm excited to talk about it as a whole. All right, let's get into it. Act three called New World Disorder. Like New World Order, but Disorder. Get it? (laughs) All right, as the newly formed Astonishing Avengers um, storm Apocalypse's ship and fight the X-Men, Spider-Man and the inverted Deadpool, now known as the pacifist hippie Zenpool, attempt to sneak past Apocalypse and defuse the gene bomb. Zenpool distracts Apocalypse while Spider-Man works, but both fail and are thrown outside the ship where they join the ongoing battle. Meanwhile, in Latveria, Scarlet Witch unleashes her her power to fight Doom and seemingly kills both Quicksilver and Magneto, also discovering that she actually has no blood ties with Magneto um, and Doom flees. So she is not the biological daughter of Magneto. I found that that was an interesting writing for sure. That was very shocking, because I was not aware of this. Um, in San Francisco, Captain America arrives at Stark Island, where Iron Man introduces him to the inverted Avengers and Medusa, who are willing to join forces once again upon learning that Steve Rogers had assembled the Astonishing Avengers. Back in Manhattan, Zenpool tries to reason with Apocalypse, but he's beaten and beheaded, and the rest of the Astonishing Avengers are defeated. Apocalypse claims his victory as the Gene Bomb's countdown almost reaches zero. Um, With the countdown nearly complete, Spider-Man attempts to stop it by smothering the device with his webbing, but Carnage interrupts, informing him that his efforts will fail. Instead, Carnage sacrifices himself to cover the device with his own symbiotic body, and the effort is successful in disabling the bomb. Spider-Man and the Astonishing Avengers now clash with the inverted Avengers, while Loki and Enchantress lure Thor away to another location. During the fight with Scarlet Witch, Dr. Doom is able to revive Brother Voodoo, who uses the spirit of his brother Daniel Drum to possess Scarlet Witch in an attempt to defeat her. Determined to recover Red Skull from the Avengers Tower, um, Steve Rogers dons a new exoskeleton armor to confront his successor as Captain America, Sam Wilson, demanding that he stand down. Uh, Using the Red Skull's telepathy, Steve manages to distract Sam long enough to escape After Captain America's failure to detain Rogers in the skull, the inverted Avengers set out to Avengers Mansion after defeated the inverted after defeating the inverted X-Men. As Apocalypse recovers from defeat, he's confronted by Zenpool's severed head, who convinces him to fight against the evil Avengers. On the moon, Loki's chased by Thor. 
where they come across Mjolnir, which had been left there since Thor became unworthy. Loki finds that he is worthy in his inverted form, uh, picks up the hammer and starts fighting the power with the power of Thor. Back to the Avengers mansion, Steve Rogers and Red Skull are attacked by the inverted Avengers, but right before Steve is killed by Sam, Apocalypse arrives and stalls for time while Red Skull is taken away. Apocalypse is eventually defeated, and the Avengers manage to catch up. Once again, Spider-Man and Sabretooth stall for time while Steve Rogers tries to get Red Skull to a Quinjet. Iron Man arrives, takes down the aircraft, and is prepared to kill Red Skull when Doctor Doom, Scarlet Witch, who is now possessed by Doctor Voodoo's brother, um, Magneto, Doctor Voodoo, and Quicksilver arrive. Iron Man is incapacitated, and Doom, Daniel Drum, possessing Scarlet Witch, and Red Skull begin another inversion spell. It is a success with every person reverting to their original state, except for Iron Man deploying a last-minute telepathic shield that protects himself, Havoc, and Sabretooth. After the spell, Havoc kidnaps the Wasp as leverage to escape, and Magneto realizes that this distraction has also allowed Iron Man, Doctor Doom, and the Red Skull to escape. And we end on Cliffhanger. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. First off. I have to say, my absolute favorite part of this entire storyline was Carnage sacrificing himself and making Peter Parker promise that (laughs) in the wake of this event, he will build a Carnage statue. (laughs) Out of rhinestone. Peter Parker does do. (laughs) Out of rhinestone. That plays Freebird. Yeah. On a constant loop. loop. And then went off to sing Freebird as he went to save the world. Oh, man. Many points during this comic run, I sang along with the heroes as they were quoting famous songs, including mm-hmm. Carnage, Deadpool. I think that there was another, but I can't remember. It was either like Spidey or Iron Man. Those are the other two that like to sing into battle. Yeah, I think I, I part of it was, was the funny the funny quirks, but I really enjoyed the Carnage, Deadpool, uh, Spidey, all the fun, you know, the fun stuff we usually talk about. It's just, just amplified in this, and it was awesome. Um, I did have a, uh, a a thing to talk about. So we get at the end, right? While it does leave on a cliffhanger, we do get at the end that a lot of people got reverted back, and some people didn't get reverted. Is that correct in my understanding? Yeah, I think specifically we noticed that um, Sabretooth, I forget what his real name is, but the former Sabretooth, uh, the Wolverine villain, stays good and is really battling with that because I think he basically like goes back to prison um, and is just sitting there in this cell writing and doing memories towards Wolverine. Um, it looks very clear that Iron Man still stays inverted. Uh, and This is such a shiny playboy Iron Man that... I kind of like Iron Man could very easily be a likable villain with <laughs> with his with his is very Lex Luthor in a sense, but with an even more playboy matter to it uh, with like the genius factor and then but it's got the likability there. So I, I, that's pretty cool. And then I believe that both the Summers brothers were still inverted, uh, specific, at least Havoc, because it shows that because uh, Sabretooth wasn't turned, then neither was Havoc. Um, so he was still evil, but when he meets up with uh, Cyclops at the end, I'm assuming that they both are. Um, and with that being said, is Red Skull still good too? That's the is one that he I was still sure Charles of. Xavier. 
I, I believe so in that one. Joey, what are your thoughts on that? I am very confused about what happened at the end of this story. <laughs> <laughs> I do think he still has Xavier within him, but I don't I don't think Xavier's at the forefront, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because I think so like with the inversion, the first inversion got rid of Red Onslaught and kind of brought out Red Skull and he was essentially turned into a good guy. Um, because Red Skull basically is Red like Skull working, bad. working to help out Steve and, and some of the other people in, in one of these issues. So I would imagine during that second inversion spell where everyone was reverted back, he remained Red Skull but became his evil self. Well, actually, no, because he escaped the inversion spell. I don't know, man. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> My Are thing we- is... Why didn't it affect everybody? Usually there's like a, they were in the middle of doing this, or they were off doing this. So you think Iron about Man, the powers, say that again? Iron Man had used some sort of like shield um, when they did the inversion spell. It was like he and Havoc like and Like a telepathic blocker? Or... Yeah, he, they were basically covered by some telepathic shield thing. Oh, I must have missed that. And I understood it that it was the people who were in the direct vicinity of that island that was fighting the fighting red onslaught. They were the ones who got inverted. Yeah. So if Originally, you weren't there, yes. yeah, if you weren't there, then that's why, that's why you did not get inverted. That's why they had the, the council of the good guys and, you know, everyone's hatred of Falcon and he turns around and turns everybody into ants and puts them in an ant farm. Yeah, no, I understood the original inversion. I did not understand why some people were not reverted until Joey just explained that shield aspect that I missed. Gotcha. And the other theory that I had, and and don't know how bring this is, is it also heard that it was like a, uh, you know, everyone was reverted, but there was some people who were too in touch with their other side. So, yeah, and I, I, I do think it's important for the listeners who have been listening to this entire podcast not having <laughs> had this information quite yet. It, I do think it's good to know Spider-Man, Steve Rogers, and Steve Rogers' son, which is something we haven't even talked about at all, are not inverted this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Nomad can come and go because he did nothing and it is nothing to me. Yeah, Nomad. So it's just another takeaway from... A legacy of Steve Rogers where it just needs to be Steve Rogers again. Yeah, so Steve Rogers raised the son of who who is Nomad's actual like biological father? I was doing some research on this. He was like some bad guy's father. Was it the Red Skull? And then Steve Rogers just kind of like adopted him and raised him as his own son. And now it's he's me on Nomad. I'm gonna have to yeah, I'm gonna have to to Google it. I don't know. He kept calling him dad, so I kept assuming it was actually his son. I'll, I'll speak to Nomad. Um, never have I ever, right, came across a superhero that was more damsel in distress than Nomad um, than when we were reading the 1960s version of uh, Super. That was my take. I felt like he was very much like in trouble at all the time. And even one time he's like, Dad, they're taking me or something like that. It was just like, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I did figure out Ian Rogers is the 
son of Arnim Zola. Ooh. Who Cap Zola. raised under the name Ian. Interesting. So uh, here's more that I don't know. Yeah, it says his alter ego is Leopold Zola. Uh, but he is listed as the son of Steve Rogers and Black Widow. Oh, interesting. Are Steve and Black Very Widow together? Does that happen? It wouldn't surprise me. Um, but he's they old. do have some mad chemistry <laughs> in that Infinity War Is she War also movie. old? Why are they so old? Did you read that, Joey? Can you tell me why Steve is old? You know, I probably read something about why he was so old and yet again forgot it. <laughs> yeah, I just assumed it was the MCU thing. He went back in time and lived his life. Who knows? Yet again, I think that's the theme of, of me today. Who knows, man? That's true. Well, guys, I think we're reaching the end of the podcast. So any uh, last minute words about the rating before we go into our fun uh, little uh, rating session and Bo can go back to sleep? No real, no real final comments from, from me. Was a cool story. Was an enjoyable read, but it was, yeah, just another one of those kind of open and shut cases. I feel like the biggest lingering thing from this is going to be the people that were not reverted and seeing what comes of that. But to mm. be honest with you, we will never see what comes of that, and we will read <laughs> the next event a year from now in writing and question everything that's happening again, guys. Are we doing the right thing here? <laughs> the answer is no. But that's all the fun of it. We're gonna we're gonna finish this list of events, and then that's when we can go back and create a new reading order, Bo, and be like, "All right, now we go back and figure out all the things that we missed, filling in the gaps." <laughs> yeah, we find out our favorite stories based off of these ratings, and then we can go back and do a full event. You know, it'll enjoy it. Yeah, we're definitely, if anything, we're finding like our favorite writers. I feel like we're kind of we're definitely exploring like our favorite eras of modern comics. Where we can go back into a specific one and hop and read some of the the other readings be- between the years. Um, but yeah, no, let's, let's just hop into the readings here. I, I, unless you guys have something that you wanted to throw in about these final moments of the of the event. I got nothing else. I did love the Spidey Deadpool team up, and when Deadpool was constantly referring to who Spidey as a sidekick, <laughs> that was beautiful. Well, who wants to go first? I'll start. I'll lead it off. I'll say, I, I teased this, um, and and I feel like I might be different after hearing your guys' uh, stuff with it, but uh, it's probably my favorite reading so far. I loved the quirkiness of Deadpool, the Spider-Man, the quipping. I was a big fan of the whole bad guys turning good, good guys turning bad, and, and, and seeing a different like side of them all. So, I'm gonna give us a. Are we doing ratings first? Is that what we're going with? The ratings. Why not? Do There's both. No rules. Do both. I am gonna give this a solid nine point two. Wow, that is up there. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this, Brady. Mm-hmm. Who would you say was your favorite character? So. If I'm going to go first, I'm going to go ahead and take it. My favorite character was dead. No and then question I saw her it. face. <laughs> and ah! an Avenger. <laughs> I, uh, I love Deadpool overall. 
but this really like embodied the whole Deadpool side of it. And and honestly, I was disappointed because as we went through the 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 recaps, right? There was actually it was actually the the recaps of when Deadpool was prevalent. He's prevalent in the first part, he's prevalent in the third part, and he disappeared in the second. So my only qualm is why was he not just included in the entire time? I and believe I think- there there is a whole um like if you read the event of Axis and scroll through like the different parts. There's like a part that focuses on the Avengers. There's a part that focuses on the X-Men. There is a whole Deadpool section to this crossover event with like five issues. So right. he is very much in his own storyline for a lot of this. That probably would be a very enjoyable read for you, Mr. Brady. Probably would. And it probably is going to be. Um, but I did really much enjoy that. And I, I think I, I, I'm not, I, I'll go back, I guess, after and see if you guys pick the other ones. But there are some definite good ones, and that's why I rated this so high. I think there's a lot of good characters in this room. I had three three characters flagged as potentially being my favorite. So uh, I, I figured those three would be the three that we pick. But I am curious to see if Bo also takes one of them. Because Deadpool was definitely on my list. So, Bo, I guess it goes to you. I'll take it. Um, I have a lot of strong feelings towards this one. I want to give it an 8, but it still quite isn't up to an 8 for me for some reason. Um, I just feel like I'm getting to the point in these modern comics where I'm not connecting to the to a lot of the characters so much. Some some of the changes just seem so far-fetched in, in modern comics where like they have to do something new. And I'm like... Huh? Did, did you? <laughs> uh, and they, they make a lot of uh, creative liberties that I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with. A lot of like character mashings and twistings and things like that. Um, it, it was a cool take on how to make the good guys fight the good guys. Um, because that's, that's what we all, like in Avengers versus X-Men and Civil War, there's always how do we plot up the, the big superpowers against each other rather than just good guys versus bad guys. So I will say it was a creative take on that. I don't necessarily understand all the science and magic behind it, but it happened. It pulled me along with it. Just shy of an eight for me. I'm going to give it a seven point. Oh, did you get the point? Cause I didn't get the point, Joey. I did not. Seven point. What? Oh, <laughs> I said nine. I said 7.9. Hey, I'll take that. Sorry, I just just wanted to keep you guys <laughs> just lingering there for a second. A little tease. I was seven point nine. Okay, okay. And who was your favorite character? Um, I feel like there's another one in there somewhere. Um, but the the most pop out one to me was definitely uh the heroic version of Carnage. I I really liked. I mean the the dialogue of it was very Spider Man esque. And just I, I like that the fact that the, they were like conscious of their past and like knowing the change that had taken place in them. And I mean, he created he like he he committed the ultimate sacrifice, even though at the end it looked like he was still perfectly fine. Um, but he he is he he was he was a superhero in this. And that and that was cool. And I, I enjoyed reading that. Um, got to got to stick with my boy Cletus Cassidy. I don't know why yeah. I said my boy. He's not my boy. He's he's a he's a mass murderer. Um, I don't normally like Cletus Cassidy. He was cool in these couple of issues. Definitely the first time Cletus Cassidy has made the list of favorite characters for us. <laughs> but that's two out of three. Bo definitely picked one of the characters that I had on my list of three. He was also on my list. Everybody loves a good rhinestone. Um, 
rhinestone statue that sings uh, Freebird, or that plays Freebird, so. Alright, well, I wasn't going to do this, but you guys have really left me no choice. Um, I guess I'll start with my rating, which I think I enjoyed this less than you guys. I, I mean, it was not unenjoyable by any means, but this was, I think, in the, a lesser tier in terms of stories that we have read for me personally. Um, I'm gonna give this. It's a just sh- because there were mutants in it, Joey. <laughs> no, it Joey, was, Joey, you're hater. branding yourself as a mutant hater on this podcast. He's a mutant. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm just pushing my anti-mutant agenda. All right. I, <laughs> Um, but I, I'm going to give this a 6.5. Ooh. That's I think low. It, it's still like an enjoyable story. Um, but I just hated so many of the characters throughout this run. All the Avengers sucked. All the X-Men sucked. Um, but the, we really only had the villains to, to get behind this whole time. You know what? Maybe that's why I like it so much. You know, you guys know me as a villain lover, so maybe, that maybe that's true. why. But like I said, I wasn't going to do this, but you guys left me no choice. I'm taking Spider-Man as my favorite character. He was <laughs> the only hero other than Steve Rogers in Nomad, who we have agreed not to talk about, um, <laughs> that was not inverted. He was still his old classic Spidey self um, going around teaming up with Deadpool, a.k.a. Zenpool. Uh, getting into quip battles it was uh, I just loved reading Spider-Man and of all the other characters in this run I think he's the only other one that was enjoyable I will say there's one person who I enjoyed but I wish that we would have gotten more of and I think that very much of that is tied into some other conversations that we've been having I really liked good guy Loki specifically in opposition to, to bad guy Thor and uh, I mean, we didn't talk about it. like Loki. Loki lifted Mjolnir on the moon, and it was, was, was totally it was about to worthy. That was uh, crazy. And then just had that realization after of everything that changed, and uh, then they just so do they not remember what happened, or was Thor just messing with them? I because he's like I I lifted remember. Mjolnir. I was about I I I had the power of Thor. I was worthy, and Thor's like I have no idea what you're talking about. That's just another one of your lies. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. Yeah, I don't know if they were if he was lying or if he couldn't remember or if maybe he just didn't see like what was happening right before the inversion spell happened. I, we I, saw I it. We know. <laughs> just, much like the 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 plot of Loki in the MCU, like. We saw the sacrifice, and we know what he did. We love you, Loki. Another character I did like in this story was Magneto, the, who was kind of responsible for bringing these villains. He had the genius idea to be like, you know what? Start programming these Sentinels to go after heroes. Um, so they have all the hero power sets memorized. You know what? They don't have any of the villains, so let me go get all of them. That is pretty cool. I will say... Um, the thing that I like the most about the modern comics, probably even more than what a lot of the heroes have become, is there back in OG comics and retro comics, there were like three main teams and three main villains. The Avengers had Loki, the X-Men had Magneto, and Fantastic Four had Doctor Doom. And Loki, Magneto, and Doctor Doom have become such cool characters. I feel like they probably had some of the biggest character development through all of comics to where they went from like 
complete villains to anti-heroes to and many times fighting on side of the heroes to just kind of having their own isolated agenda completely. Um, I think every time that the three of them are included, it's it's always a cool read. That's definitely my top three villains. I think those are Marvel's top three villains. Well, guys, we did it. We did another Woo-hoo. one. You guys know what next week is. Well, not next week, but two weeks from now. Ooh, I did want to ask about this. Because um, is there an Into the or a uh, Spider-Verse title? Or is this one of those jumps around between different titles? No, this is this is the full event title. Because we're reading Spider-Verse, correct? We're reading Spider-Verse, bro. I'm so excited. I've already read this, but I'm ready to reread. And um, I have never read it. And maybe it'll change my, my insight on Spider-Man and make it just, man, he's all right. And maybe, maybe, maybe I like him a little more. I, yeah, uh, go ahead. I mentioned that, you know, the Wikipedia pages usually has like a summary of introductory type things. I would heavily recommend if you have the time reading the, I think it's four or five edge of spider verse issues mm-hmm. that come before the spider verse run, because it, it does introduce some of the big spider characters that you'll see like you know, um, spider Gwen, ghost spider, and then like Spider-Man noir. So I would definitely recommend cracking those open. I, I have the graphic novel, physical print version of them. And I'm, well, I guess it's trade paperback and not a graphic novel, but I will be using some physical media this time. Ooh. It's beautiful. Yeah, but with that, I think we uh, we have a bonus episode probably next week for the listeners. And then we're uh, swinging into Spideyverse. So I guess it's time to sign off. Any parting last words to everybody out there? Nope. <laughs> I guess not. Um, With that, we say adieu and we say uh, catch y'all next week. See you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Comics Over Coffee. Please be sure to join in again next Saturday morning for another exciting episode. If you have questions for the host or would like to be featured on an episode, please write in to Comics Over Coffee Podcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to my fellow co hosts, Bo and Brady, and a very special shout out to our artist, Emily Rich. All right, Bo, I am looking at the Spider-Verse I am too. I think I lied. I think I lied to the public. Two issues long. (laughs) Yeah, but I remember reading it. Wait, Spider-Verse. There's too many. So there's 2014, 2015, which is two issues. Well, there's there's twenty fifteen Spider Verse. There's into the Spider Verse, but there's also Spider Verse. There's two Spider Verses from twenty fifteen, and then there's Spider Geddon. This one looks like Secret Wars Spider Verse. Don't do that. That's that's a tie-in for the next event that we that we read, which is Secret Wars. Spider Verse reading order. Spider Verse event <laughs> reading order. I remember getting this from the library uh, when I originally read it. Was it like and an omnibus that had a bunch of things in it? It was, but it was so stupidly organized alphabetically by title. Ew. So that I was constantly going like reading order online, flipping through the book to find the next comic. And then like, it was just such a stupid put together. You book. know what I like, think I did? 
I read Edge of the Spider-Verse 1 through 5 and then Spider-Verse 1 and 2. Okay. 